The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Ling Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoit with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Welcome back in. Six minutes top past the top of the 10 o'clock hour. I'm Chris Yow, joined as always by Mo Patton, J.P. Plant on the controls, making the music happen and the guests sound great. Here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Welcome you into the second hour of the show down at uh, our friends in Franklin County at WZYX. We appreciate it. We're here in the TriStar Sports Radio headquarters on West 7th Street in Columbia, Tennessee. And we uh, we have something that really just is, it's got to be talked about. I mean, they, we may spend a lot more time on this than we should. Maybe if even if not today, it it will be a long-standing topic of conversation, as it was when Vanderbilt was looking for a head football coach. So the good thing is we're bringing in experts because we don't know anything. <laughs> Got a lot of thoughts. Don't know a whole lot. That's right. Yeah, but um, yeah, we are um, pleased to be able to bring. To the airwaves, John Bryce of FootballScoop.com. Mr. Bryce. Good morning, Mo. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the chance to visit with you all. Well, we appreciate you um, coming on with us. And like we said, um, when, you're, when you're dealing with stuff like what happened yesterday in Knoxville, you like to try to go to the experts. And, and I think that you would certainly be considered one of those this was inevitable, wasn't it? It was, um, and it obviously had been building for some time. And, and frankly, it was inevitable for a number of reasons. Um, certainly in the uh, immediate picture right here and now, it was inevitable because of the NCAA mess that, that is currently being probed at the University of Tennessee. But it was also inevitable because Jeremy Pruitt, did not win enough on the field and he did not win enough relationships off the field. And I think so those factors, um, are huge as well. I'm by no means questioning, um, why Tennessee fired him yesterday. I think that Gandhi Plowman laid that out very clearly, 
Um, but I think that also um, Jeremy Pruitt, again, lost too many games by too wide a margin on the field and lost too much support uh, with probably a, a fairly abrasive nature in too many other areas on campus. John, what you just said is something that I've said probably for 30 years in this business. You can lose games, and to use your phrase, you cannot win in relationships, but you can't do both. Yeah, that's exactly right. And um, unfortunately for Tennessee, anyway, a lot of uh, a lot of the problems over the last decade plus have resulted when uh, head coaches have realized either too late or not at all. Um, that depending they were, on who they were. Right. Depending on who they were, um, that they were losing at the relationship game. And, and again, you, you need support when you're in that position. And that doesn't mean you need to listen to everybody telling you what he or she thinks you need to do with your team or your program, but you need support in that position. And again, some, some coaches, um, have thought they can get that support by running over people and some coaches, have thought they didn't need that support until um, there was basically a, a countdown calendar on the wall that showed that they would be out the door very soon. So that's a, that's a problem. That's, and, and the great irony there, Mo, is that uh, coaches will tell you in an instant that football, at least the key to recruiting, is about <laughs> relationships, and then they forget that very fabric when they're running their own organization. Without question. And, and again – to your point, had he won, we wouldn't be here. You're right. You're you're absolutely right. You um, you don't have to be warm and fuzzy if you're winning a whole bunch of games, but um, you you better be one or the other. Uh, especially when you're when you've lost 19 games in less than three full seasons, and 16 of them have been by 10 plus points, and 13 of them have been by three touchdowns or more. And you're a you defensive a of, and you're a defensive yeah. guy? Yeah. You need a lot of allies in that situation. Not a lot of enemies. And I'm not sure that um, Jeremy Pruitt had very many allies and I know uh, from speaking with people on campus that he absolutely had some uh, enemies within the walls there. When you talk about enemies within the walls, is that just a byproduct of his personality? I mean how how does that come about, particularly as a first-time head coach? I mean, how does that happen? Well, yeah, it, it's a byproduct of being a first-time head coach. I think it's also a byproduct of some of the environment um, that a particular individual may have worked under. And in this situation, we're talking about Jeremy Pruitt. But um, you look that he worked under Jimbo Fisher, and you look that he worked under Nick Saban. Those two guys are not going to send out a whole lot of Christmas cards, but they they also don't have to do too many press conferences after they've lost the game. And so I, I think that's the environment that, that Jeremy Pruitt <clears throat> has largely learned under. Um, you know, I, I believe he was at uh, Georgia as well. With mm-hmm. I know he was at Georgia. The, the year runs together a little bit, but, mm-hmm. it, but again, it's all about – the environment that Jeremy Pruitt has learned under, in addition to his own personality. I'm not 
in any way, shape, or form excusing uh, Pruitt or excuse making for him because um, you're supposed to take in the environment that you're in, and then hopefully we all try to take the good from what we see and apply it to ourselves and eliminate the bad. But if, if you've only seen one way, really, and that way has worked for people, I understand why you like that. But again, the common denominator has to be the bottom line. And when your bottom line is atrocious, um, you can't go around making enemies. And I think that Jeremy Pruitt absolutely went around making some enemies. John, when you talk about those enemies, I have to assume, do you have any idea if uh, if Randy Boyd is is the biggest enemy he made? Oh, I don't know about um, – specific individuals necessarily. I just know that um, even even people that are uh, loyal to Jeremy that have been on his staff and coached with him at Tennessee have told me point blank, you know, tact is not a strength of his. He's just sort of, um, oh. you know, I, I've heard I've heard bull in the china shop more than once. And mm-hmm. uh, the other term I've heard is bulldozer. And I, I think that's sort of been Jeremy's M.O. And so I think when you do that, again, um, a lot of times you run over, yeah. A lot of times you run over those people, and they, they're able to hop back up, and then you don't realize you're driving a bulldozer with a bunch of people behind you. So I think that um, all of those things are factors. I, I can't say if Randy Boyd was a huge enemy. I know that Randy Boyd is a brilliant businessman who um, has never had a a really a, a sniff of any sort of controversy around him, and believes in doing things the right way and. Um, I think that once all this stuff started percolating, that it became a real problem, even more so for Jeremy Pruitt. So I'm sure you've seen the news this morning via the Dan Patrick show that it's being reported that Tennessee was handing out cash in McDonald's bags. Is, have you heard this? Is there any truth to this at all? I I can't say if there's any truth to it or not. I've heard it, I've heard an awful lot. I've heard about uh, cash handouts and and things of that nature. But again, in, until the full investigation is out and we see, and I do think the investigation um, will turn up some digital evidence that will shed even even greater insight into this. But um, bags of cash in the SEC have been around at least as long as I've been alive. And so um, the key is um, to do it smartly if you're going to do it and do not leave uh, in the old days the paper trail and then the new days the digital trail. And um, I believe whatever uh, has been found with Tennessee has left quite a big digital trail based on people that I've talked to. John, I've never been on a football coaching staff at the collegiate level or otherwise or been anybody's bag man, but it seems like to me this all comes down to three words, rechargeable gift cards. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Why has no one thought of that? Well, I guess wouldn't ultimately, I don't know, maybe if you go buy those rechargeable gift cards in cash, then you're okay, um, but they're still – there's still some sort of paper trail. I mean, there's there's a reason that the that the mob still uses cash for a lot of stuff to this day, Mo. It's still it's still hard to trace. It's if tough you're not, to trace uh, cash. 
Yeah. yeah if you're not just brazen with it. Yep. <laughs> and apparently somebody got brazen with it. Um, what's next? I mean, obviously the the accompanying news, John, that that Philip Fulmer will be stepping aside as AD, and that Kevin Kevin Steele is your interim guy. How long is he expected to be the interim guy? I mean, is it is he going to coach his team in 2021? That's the that's the absolutely million dollar question, uh, Mo, and then something that I've been asking uh, since even before yesterday uh, because I'd heard enough to to know. Um, you know, I think we at Football Scoop pretty immediately had that Kevin Steele was going to be named the interim coach. What I can't tell you is the complete time frame of that, but it was not at all surprising to me yesterday when he was named the interim coach. I know that people uh, close to Philip Fulmer last week had. Um, wondered aloud well i guess if we do have to fire him it's a good thing we've got kevin Steele right here who can be interim and i think it depends on how long it takes to get an ad now to tennessee's credit i think again boyd and Dondi plowman uh showed some good resolve yesterday and some forethought that they've already retained parker executive search a lot of people have different opinions on search firms and i certainly understand that but at least Tennessee this time was proactive enough to have already retained that search firm and be in the process. So if Tennessee can nail down the athletics director sooner rather than later, and I mean in the next uh, 7 to 14 days, then I think Tennessee has a good chance of trying to move forward with football coaching search that can give them an opportunity. Because it used to be that you had to have your search done for a football coach by now, if not before, because of the February signing period. And frankly, that's just not that important anymore because most people are signing in December. Tennessee had virtually a full class in December. Also now, with the one-time transfer rule basically being greenlit, you can dip into the transfer portal and get guys immediately to fill out your roster. There are schools around college football that did that in December that weren't having coaching changes. They just didn't want to sign too many kids yet because they wanted to see who was available in the transfer portal. So I think those factors give you a little bit more time than, say, what you would have even had five years ago to complete a search right now. But still, urgency is important because you need to get into off-season workouts and you need to get a plan mapped out uh, for whatever semblance of spring football we'll see because, obviously, this is the first time anybody's been dealing with this this late with an NCAA cloud hovering and, oh, by the way, the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh, by the way. Um visiting with john bryce from footballscoop.com john does the name david blackburn mean anything in knoxville anymore you know it should mo and frankly the fact of the matter is and i said this at the time um i said it on some other media appearances i'll say it right now if tennessee had made the smart move of hiring david blackburn Mm. three plus years ago almost four years ago now it would not be in the mess that it's in today there's not a doubt in my mind david blackburn is a disciple of Doug Dickey. David Blackburn was a former UT football manager who absolutely worked himself up from the most humble beginnings possible over there to become the head AD at Chattanooga and now the number two at MTSU. Um, David Blackburn is really, really good. He's done fundraising. He's been in the mess before. He helped Tennessee navigate through um, the brief Lane Kiffin era and, and some infractions that were incurred there and he worked at that time, 10 years ago, with Mike Glazer and that attorney firm that Tennessee has once again had to retain. So 
Um, again, David Blackburn is an extremely elite college administrator and had Tennessee um, made the right choice four years ago. Tennessee would not be here today facing not only the public embarrassment, but I can't wait to, to find a way to tabulate the price tag on this. And it goes far beyond saving or not saving $12 million with Jeremy Pruitt's buyout and some of the other things um, because you're talking about the potential to lose the right to go to a bowl game. So that would be lost revenues if that comes about. You're talking about the scandal uh, and the perception in the public that is going to inevitably leave a physical imprint on your football team because it's going to be down in its fortunes even more. So there are so many layers to this that could have been avoided with a better hire the first time around. There you go. I don't know that there's any more information than than you can get from that right there because you're exactly right. Tennessee has, it seems like at every fork in the road, they've taken the wrong <laughs> And or they're on the fork. Oh yeah, or they just said, you know what? Let's just go right through let's the go middle. straight. Yeah, <laughs> let's just keep going straight. Yeah, it's just it, it's been crazy and 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 unfortunate for Tennessee fans um, such as myself and a lot of people in this state are, are frustrated and upset and I and rightfully so. Um, and I, I say that as someone who is a Jeremy Pruitt fan or was a Jeremy Pruitt fan from way back when you know before he was even in alabama so it's uh it is an unfortunate situation the tennessee volunteers are once again in a coaching search and this seems to be the the uh the norm unfortunately so john thanks so much for your insight and your brilliance this morning on southern middle tennessee sports day we appreciate your time well, I appreciate uh, you listening to my mom and using the term brilliance to describe me. So uh hope you guys have a great week. I appreciate it. Thanks, John. That was John Bryce of footballscoop.com. And dropping, I guess, a Jeremy Pruitt-like tact. Not very much on that last uh, statement. <laughs> and you know what? He's not wrong. <laughs> 